Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. After a summer break, we are back podcasting again as UK basketball starts their exhibition series in in the Bahamas on Wednesday night. They'll play four exhibition games Wednesday night, Thursday night. They get a break on Friday, then play again on Saturday and Sunday. And to help preview Kentucky's trip to the Bahamas or their games to the Bahamas, I talked with Ben Roberts, who now covers UK basketball for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We all know Ben, especially on the podcast, for his great coverage of UK basketball recruiting and the Next Cats blog. Now he's moving over to take Jerry Tipton's place as Jerry has retired. And Ben is now the new basketball beat writer for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. I talked to Ben about the trip, what to look for on the trip, uh, some team bonding aspects, the freshmen. And we also got Ben, since we had Ben on the podcast, to talk to us a little bit about recruiting and what's going on with UK basketball recruiting as well. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader about Kentucky basketball's trip to the Bahamas. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Ben Roberts, who now covers UK basketball for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. First of all, congratulations uh, on UK basketball. And how's it going, Jerry? Jerry, see, I called uh, you Jerry right <laughs> off the bat. It's going to take a Talk while. Talk about a Freudian slip. <laughs> right, we're going to leave that in. We're going to leave yeah, that okay. in. I'm not yeah. going to No, it'll take out. a while for, for everybody to yeah, get adjusted, right. I think. That really was a Freudian slip. Before we started, we were talking about uh, Jerry, and I guess I had him on my mind. Uh, replacing Jerry Tipton, the legendary Jerry Tipton. Uh, big shoes to fill for Ben, but I have every confidence. I know, without a doubt, that he will fill those shoes and go even beyond that. So how, how's it going, Ben? I am good, John. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Way to get th- kick things off. And Kentucky uh, basketball is <laughs> kicking off. Uh, I guess you could say they're kicking off the 2022 season with this trip to the Bahamas. Uh, this week, they'll play four games, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, no game on Friday, but then games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, what are you, they've made these trips before under John Calipari down the Bahamas. Uh, and you wrote about this, uh, it's now on Kentucky.com and, uh, in the print edition of the Herald leader, kind of things to look for, uh, things to watch when Kentucky starts play on Wednesday night. Uh, what are you looking for? What are you, what are you looking, what, what's the thing you want to see the most? Yeah, I mean, as we keep stressing, obviously there's these are four exhibition games in in August, so it's going to be hard to take too much away from it. But it, it is, I mean, it's it's quality opposition, and these are teams that, um, you know, are pre- either preparing for their own seasons or preparing for for big tournaments coming up. So they're going to be locked in and, and playing like it's a real game. So I think it's going to be a good experience. Um, you know, I think the number one thing I probably want to see. Uh, Coming off of the last few weeks of hype coming out of the Craft Center and, and UK over there is, is Jacob Toppin. Uh, you know, he's 
we saw it in the past, especially last season. We would see these kind of flashes of brilliance where he, I mean, we, we've all seen his athleticism and know nobody could do there. But uh, when he puts the skill behind it, when he when he kind of makes some moves away from the basket, hits some shots, um, it's it's there. We've just seen it in very small doses. And then it seemed like he would kind of disappear for a little while and then come back and do it again. So, uh, you know, just talking from to people over there and talking to players and coaches who have obviously been in those practices, he has just been really, really good all summer. Um, people are talking about those things that he's done in the past uh, in, in small sample sizes, and he's doing it on a consistent basis. Uh, and obviously that's practice and that's a comfortable, you know, area for him is his 30 year UK. So he's, that's kind of his comfort zone. Um, and I'm interested to see if he can do that against outside competition. And, and more importantly, once the season starts kind of string together those performances, because if they can get him, um, if he's as good as people are saying he, he's been the last few weeks, uh, that's going to be a real, real key to, to this coming season. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before, but don't you think that's going to be, that position itself, whether it's Jacob Toppin, whether it's Damian Collins, whether it's both those guys, is going to be play a key role in the success uh, or lack of success for this team. Yeah, I, and I think we've seen it here in the recent past, uh, kind of that bigger wing position or, or four position with Keon Brooks last year uh, and with EJ Montgomery before that. Um, there just hasn't there have been those kind of sparks in certain games, but there hasn't been the consistency there, uh, that, that they really need. you know, they're getting, you know, you know what they're going to get with Oscar Shibway. Um, you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to get with, with Xavier Wheeler and, and some of the guards, but they really need that position, somebody to kind of break out. Um, and they haven't really had a ton of it in, in the recent past. And with Jacob, you know, you know, we kind of saw it at that open practice too, at, at Rupp, uh, last week. Um, you know, he was really pulling off, so a lot more skillful moves um, and doing it over and over again than than we've seen in the past. So yeah, if they can if they can add kind of a, a bigger guy who who is apparently now willing to to play a little bit more physical, and also they've relied on his defense in the past. But if they can get some offense from him and, and some consistent offense, that's that's huge. What, what about the freshmen? Of course, uh, you. Uh Cover or covered UK basketball recruiting very extensively uh, with the Netcats blog and all the different stories and so forth. What about the, the uh, freshmen? How much do you expect to see the freshmen play down at the Bahamas? And I mean, I know it's very early, not even really the start of their career. Should we read much into whether they look really good or or look like they need some time? Should we read anything into that? Yeah, I think if. I think if they struggle, I, I don't know how much I'd read into it, especially in case and Wallace's case, because I think he's going to be a huge part of this team. Um, and I don't know, you know, I know Cal's going to try some different things. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those deals where everybody plays about 20 minutes or so per game, or if he does have some guys going 30 and some other guys going 10 or, or what, but I, as far as, Beyond this, I think Casey Wallace is about as college ready um, as just about any top 10, top 15-ish recruit that, that Cal's had, especially here recently. Uh, he, he's just a guy whose game really lends itself to the college level and and has a maturity about him. And Orlando Antigua brought it up last week that the older guys already have this respect for him. They've only been practicing a few weeks, but he just kind of came in. He's not He's not loud. He's not, you know, 
in your face or trash talking or anything, but he just carries himself as a guy who's much, much older than 18 years old and is willing to fill in the gaps and play defense and play on the ball, play off the ball, whatever you need. So uh, I think uh, I'm guessing you'll see some really good things from him this week. And I know as, as time goes on, as the season goes on, that, that he'll be a, a really good fit. Chris Livingston, you know, I've, I've written about it before. Like I would see him some games. I would think like this, this guy should be in the conversation for the number one spot in this recruiting class. And then other times uh, he's just had some really, really subpar games uh, by, by kind of a five-star recruit standards that I've watched. So it's, it's been, it's been really uneven, especially on the AAU circuit, the way, the way he's performed. Um, not all of that is his fault. I, I know he, he played for a team uh, that, that maybe didn't lend itself as well to his skill set and, and to get him the opportunities he needed in the past uh, on the AAU circuit. I know he's more consistent at Oak Hill this past season, but he's a guy who it's weird because he, when he, when he plays a hundred percent, when his motor is on, nobody, nobody on the court plays harder. When he plays hard, he, he plays harder than everybody else, but he doesn't always play hard. And, and it's, you don't often see that from players. Usually you see guys who kind of are, are lackadaisical all the time and maybe put in a little spurt of effort, but he's just kind of seems to be on either end of the spectrum as far as when he's playing, uh, you know, with that motor and it's going to be up to Cal and those coaches to get more of that out of him on a, on a consistent basis. So they know what he's going to give them when he's out on the court and obviously we've seen in the past, if, if Cal doesn't know if he's going to get effort or not, especially if you're a freshman, um, you can slide down the, the rotation pretty quickly. So he has the skills. He has the athleticism uh, to be one of the best players on this team. Um, he's, he's just got to show that he has the motor and the consistent motor to do it. And, and that is something that I think will be interesting to watch this week because uh, you know, these are exhibitions, but these are games and these are his first games in college basketball. And, and it'll be interesting to see how hard he plays there. While, while, while we have you on the podcast, talk about the other freshman, uh, Adu Thero, who you wrote about, yeah. and then the, the newcomer who I will not pronounce his name. I'll let you do that. Uh, <laughs> what about those two guys for people who are not real familiar with those two? Yeah, I do. Um, Kind of, I know he was known in the Pittsburgh area, but at least nationally, he really came out of nowhere his senior season. Uh, didn't really have hardly any offers at all when he started the season. Then by the end, he had you know Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, a lot of big programs uh, pursuing him and, and giving him offers and bringing him on campus for for visits. Um, he's not at the high school level. He, he was the best player on his team. He was a guy that it sounds like you'd give him the ball and he'd go get a bucket and, and was just more athletic. And, and as time wore on bigger, bigger than most of the people he was playing against uh, at the college level, you know, one problem is he's or problem. It's a short-term problem is he's still growing. So I've heard, he kind of downplayed it when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, but, but I've heard that he's still having literal growing pains and it's um, you know, some days he feels better than others. And obviously that's going to affect your practice time if you're not feeling a hundred percent physically, but it's because he's actually still growing and he's at about six, six or so right now. And, and he told us the doctors have told him his, his growth plates are wide open and they've even said it'd be realistic for him to get to six eleven. Uh, which, I mean, we're talking about 
I, you know, I, I don't want to compare this kid to Anthony Davis because that's a whole other obviously level, but it's the same <laughs> sort of phenomenon that he he had to learn to play as a point guard. I mean, he was like five nine when he first got to high school, um, and and the and the son of two college basketball players and uh, the son of a, a WNBA draft pick and, and a and a guy who played at Calipari played for Calipari in Memphis and was a, a major high school standout. So he's got the genes and he he kind of made his name early as this kind of six footish point guard who was just really skilled with the ball and, and could kind of do a little bit of everything and, and played with a chip on his shoulder. And now he's six, 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 seven and growing and still has all of those skills. So I think once he gets to wherever he's going to be size wise um, and really can kind of find out what kind of player he, he can be from there, um, I think long term he, he's a really really interesting prospect for Kentucky. You know, I don't know how his career is going to pan out. Uh, I, I think you you can see it go several different ways, but he's definitely intriguing. I don't expect I don't think anybody expects much from him this season. They really don't need much from him this season. Um, but long term he, he's really one to watch. And then the same can really be said for for Uganda uh, Kingsley Onyenso, um, who committed what last week I guess. Right. Uh, and and signed and will be on campus later this month. Um, 6'10", 6'11", long, 7'5", wingspan, really athletic, really high motor, just plays hard. Uh, defensively, I've been told he could already guard the four or the five um, and give you some minutes in college there. Offensively, he's more raw. I know he's got, you could tell he's got kind of the touch and the skills even away from the basket, but he's he's clearly not comfortable in game situations doing that. And he played at a high level high school, but he's going to be going from high school to college. And that game speeds up a, a whole lot when you make that jump. So, you know, people have talked about red shirt. I don't think you're going to hear John Calipari use that term. Uh, Cause I, I know he doesn't like to shut the door on anything, especially if, if they get in a situation where they need him or if they get in a situation where he's really, really playing well and they, they think he can give some quality minutes. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he doesn't play this season. And, and, uh, and then the, I mean, no matter what the, the key, the emphasis with him is going to be getting him ready for that 23, 24 season and, uh, adding another kind of a versatile front court guy who by then would have a, a year of, of at the very least practice time against guys like Oscar Sheepway and Lance Ware and Damian Collins and Jacob Toppin to, to kind of fall back on. And, and I think he's a, he's a guy that they have some high hopes that, that he, uh, he can make an impact right away next season. Okay. I want to talk to Ben about some other aspects of this trip and we'll do that right after this break. Okay, Ben, obviously one of the big things about this, uh, about this trip is team bonding. Cal has talked about this. Uh, it sounds to me like a, a, from reading from a story that you did here recently, the team bonding actually started before the trip uh, without giving away the whole story. Uh, tell the listeners about what, what they did, a, a, a specific thing that they did leading up to prepare for the trip that really uh, seemed to bring the team together. Yeah, so uh, apparently just some of the some of the players and some of the support staff uh, people were out at a children's hospital, you know, making some visits and they were kind of talking in between visits and started talking about going to the pool and swimming and and it came out that um, a couple of the guys didn't know how to swim and they just said, you know, they they wish they knew how to swim but they didn't know and uh, TJ Beisner, who who I think is more known to people as kind of running the NIL or 
or being kind of the face of the NIL operations with Kentucky basketball. But I know they have him doing a, a lot of different stuff uh, as far as player development. And he kind of got the idea of like, you know, first of all, they're going to the Bahamas in a, a few weeks. So he figured everybody needed to at least have the basics of knowing how to swim. I know actually I was just looking just 30 minutes ago, they got back from their boat trip. Apparently that they do every time down there and they take a boat and anchor it down people jump in the water and have a good time. And they're on a resort with a lot of pools and water slides. And, you know, this is a, a big team bonding experience. And a lot of that off the court is going to be water related activity. So they figured, you know, we, we got to get these guys some lessons and the players apparently didn't know we're like all for it. They were like, yeah, well, you know, we'd love to learn. And it's just something they, they hadn't done or hadn't had the opportunity to do. So they went over there to the aquatic center on campus, set up a group lesson and, and kind of let it be known that anybody who wanted anybody who wasn't comfortable or wanted to join in could. And it sounds like in pretty quickly, just basically the entire team started showing up. Um, so guys who could swim, who had a lot of experience would come and they'd kind of either play off to the side or, or they they'd stand there and, and encourage the guys who, who were learning to, you know, just to give them support and encouragement as, as they were going through that. And I talked to Kaysen Wallace, who was one of the guys who knew how to swim and win. And he just said, you know, he thought it would be a, a fun team experience, uh, something that everybody could kind of do together. And, and uh, he wanted to support his new teammates. And then I talked to Xavier Wheeler and, and uh, Damian Collins, two guys who said they couldn't. And, and they said it really meant a lot to them that, that one, they, it, they had a better time doing it. It, it, I think it, it didn't come off as like a chore or something that they had to go through, but it was more of a, you know, just this kind of team thing that, that was a lot of fun for everybody. And, and it really encouraged them to do better and, and just gave them uh, more support as they were kind of getting through this. And now apparently everybody can swim. Everybody's comfortable in the water. They did, I think two weeks of lessons, six or seven or eight lessons overall. And, uh, built a rapport with the diving team. I guess they were they were training for for the nationals that have been going on, and um, it's kind of some funny anecdotes, especially from Kaysen about him trying to do his own dives. But yeah, they 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 just uh, they they had a great time, and and I think that's one of those things. You know, Kyle, like you said, has often talked about how big of a team building this experience is, um, even more so than basketball, maybe even more so than basketball, and and. Uh, he likes for these guys to come together on these trips. And I think this was kind of a bonus because it sounds like they, they really started to come together a, a lot sooner as a result of something they would have to do on the trip. Yeah. And I, and obviously, you know, when you got uh, new guys thrown together, uh, like we've traditionally seen with Cal's teams, although this team has, has more guys back for another year. When you talk about Oscar Sheway, obviously severe Wheeler, Jacob Toppin, uh, Damon Collins back. Uh, C.J. Frederick was on the team last year, but was hurt, couldn't play, but was on the team. You know, was around the guys, uh, but still you, mixing those guys together. And this is something that they can only do once every four years. I mean, it's got to do. Uh, it can't do anything from that standpoint as far as team uh, bonding, but guys getting to know each other. That's got to be a big benefit. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, you mentioned the. I think having that experience both um experienced Kentucky players and and just guys with a lot of college experience and maturity right. it really helps in this regard and I think that was probably a big like you 
Um, I think we have some pictures with the story of, of Jacob topping out in the pool. And he's a guy who's really emerged. It sounds like a, as a team leader, maybe and by his own admission came in as kind of a, not immature, but, but, you know, like to joke around and maybe wasn't as focused as he could have been. And now, I mean, that's, that's another part of his development is just, he's really taken a serious approach by all accounts to, to not just basketball, but kind of everything around them. Um, so having those guys, I mean, when you, you got Oscar, you got Jacob, you got Lance, Ware was out there? Apparently he was like a world-class swimmer. He was on the swim team when he was, uh, yeah, when right. he was younger. Yeah. Um, and then CJ Frederick will be going into his fifth year of, of college, Antonio Reeves into his fourth year, severe, severe Willer into his fourth year. Um, so that's, that's, it might not be as much UK experience as some of the teams Kyle's had, although it, it is a lot. Uh, by those standards, but it's, it's, I don't know that he's had more actual college life experience than, than the guys he has on this team. And when you have that maturity, um, you know, and we've seen this even from guys like Nate Sestina and Reed Travis in, in recent years where they had zero UK experience coming in, but they very quickly emerged as leaders because they were 22, 23 years old and, and they seem like adults to some of these guys. Um, and I think that's gonna, that's gonna, pay big, big dividends, and it's already starting to uh, kind of to bring this team together. What, what do we know about the competition, about what Kentucky's going to play in these four games? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a apparently uh, – <laughs> yeah, no, well, not, not, not a ton. Uh, but I, I, know, I know the team they're playing from Canada is, uh, is often or always kind of in the mix is, is one of the top teams up in Canada, university teams, playing a very good university team uh, from Mexico – uh, they're playing a Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, the Dominican Republic team uh, beat Kentucky uh, one of the times that, right. that they went on these trips uh, when Orlando was coaching, actually, Orlando and Tigua. Um, so they're playing one of their national teams. And then the the Bahamas national team. So you're talking about in a in a couple of, you know, in, in that game especially, you're talking about some, some grown men, some adults out there playing against you, playing against college kids. Uh, and like I said, these these are all teams that are – in training for their own seasons or events. So they're, they're going to take it seriously. Like we've seen in the past, you know, these teams that aren't out there joking around and even though they're exhibition games. And so I, I think they're going to get, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be Gonzaga or Kansas or, or a couple of teams Kentucky's going to face during the season. But I think this could be some, some decent competition in, in a couple of these games. Yeah. Well, that'd be great. Cause that would help us uh, get more of an idea of what the, yeah. Uh, what Kentucky will have for this coming season. Uh, ben, I know you're passing the recruiting torch to our own Cameron Drummond, who's going to take over uh, the, the covering Kentucky uh, recruiting, concentrating on that. But I can't let you go without asking you uh, any recruiting news or upcoming news that we should be paying attention to on the basketball side. Um, well, folks should be following uh, Cam, Cameron Drummond, because we're, we're sending him to Chicago right off the bat. He's going to an event. Uh, I think starting Wednesday, he'll be there all week and have some coverage coming out of that in the weeks that follow. With I know Justin Edwards, the Kentucky commitment's going to be up there and, and several other um, younger recruits that are either have Kentucky offers or, or are already on their radar. So I know he's looking forward to that trip, and we're looking forward to, to seeing what comes out of it. Um, you know, as far as any upcoming recruiting news, I, I feel like we always kind of stay on DJ Wagner watch, but there's been that's been relatively quiet um ron holland is another one who who i know is still on their radar but it's been relatively quiet around him 
pretty much the same for Aaron Bradshaw. He was he was about to commit to Kentucky not too long ago, and then I, I think his family and some people around him kind of wanted him to pump the brakes and not make any quick decisions there and, and maybe see a couple other schools so he can make a compare more of a comparison uh, to his Kentucky and Louisville visits. So uh, the G League's still involved there. That one's getting kind of kind of murky as far as trying to trying to make a you know an ironclad prediction so we'll see how that shakes out but i think i think there's a chance all three of those recruitments all three of those guys could have college decisions um by the the start of the the college basketball season but i don't think any of the three are super close to anything right now um and you know this is really kind of recruiting goes about 12 months a year, but if it doesn't, these are about the, the two weeks where it's, it gets about the lightest. Um, you know, everybody's trying to recover from their, their summer schedule. You have some events like this one in Chicago coming up this weekend. Um, but these guys have, and their families um, and their coaches have, have been out on the road for, from, uh, from April to July. And, and most of them really didn't have any sort of break between the high school season and, and the start of AAU. So this is kind of the month where everybody kind of steps back, regroups. You do see some campus visits, but it's more about, you know, if anybody can get in a summer vacation with their family, this is usually when it happens. Um, and then that first week of September is the start of the, uh, the recruiting travel period where, where college coaches, that's, that's that kind of week week where, uh, John Calipari, you see him hit like 10 States in six days and he's visiting with like three recruits in three different States over the course of the, of a day that that'll start in early September and Cal and all the rest of the UK coaches and everybody else in the country will be kind of crisscrossing the, the nation looking at their best players. So that, that's really when it's going to ramp back up again. And, and especially that, that'll be a time where we get a better feel for, you know, if, if Cal goes to see Ron Holland on the first day or two of that, you know, we know that Kentucky thinks they got a really good shot there and the same for Wagner and Bradshaw and, Maybe even some new guys, uh, or, or some guys who maybe don't seem as big a targets right now, but but might be by the by the end of next month. Yeah, and to follow Cam Cameron Drummond on Twitter, follow him at C Drummond ninety seven, and be sure to check out all of his coverage from Chicago. Be sure to check out all of our coverage from the Bahamas. We we are not going to be in the Bahamas, but we will be monitoring what goes on there uh, with analysis and coverage from there. Follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. Anything I'm leaving out, Ben, that you want to plug before I let you go? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be doing the Bahamas here from home, but we should have, uh, kind of been storing away a, a lot of coverage and we actually talked to a couple of players before they went down there. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some, some cool stories and some, some good insight on these games, uh, over the next four or five days. I know everybody will be watching with uh, great interest because it's, it's our first chance to really check out this team against competition uh, on the floor and uh, how they uh, grow together uh, off the floor. Uh, ben, as always, thanks for being on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Okay. Thanks again to my guest, Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader. Follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. Check him out in the pages of the Herald Leader and online at Kentucky.com. Check out all of his coverage of Kentucky basketball all season, and especially this trip of the Bahamas. Like I mentioned, four games, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ben will have recaps. I will have my three takeaways. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. 
You can send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Check out all of our coverage of the Kentucky basketball games down in the Bahamas. Uh, Remember to subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, Every rating and review just helps get the word out there. We'll have plenty of podcasts upcoming. We'll have podcasts with John Hale, who is our new UK football beat writer. You know John from his time at the Courier Journal. He's moved over to the Herald Leader. We're thrilled to have John on the Herald Leader staff covering UK football. We'll have some podcasts with him as well as Kentucky football goes through camp leading up to their opener September 3rd against Miami of Ohio. So be sure to look for that as well. Once again, thanks to Ben Roberts for being on the podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.